Well, welcome everybody. Uh, glad you've joined us today, whether you're a part of our online community or you may be in one of our buildings. Uh, this weekend and next weekend, we have one service live in the buildings and then uh, uh, three weeks from now, uh, we are gonna be live everywhere. And so we're looking forward to that, all of the services. Uh, but we're glad you're here. We're glad that you're a part of what's going on. Also just wanted to uh, say that uh, earlier in the worship time, uh, we sang one of Brandon Lake, one of our worship leaders, Brandon Lake, has a brand new album out uh, called House of Miracles. And we sang the song uh, that's titled that, House of Miracles. And uh, what, what an awesome thing, huh? Great experience. And, and uh, I just encourage you to download some of his music uh, from wherever you find music. I do mine on Apple Music. You may do something else. But uh, we're just excited about the music that's coming out of this house and the worship. Uh, something else that really has been exciting for me has been morning prayer. As many of you know, we're in 21 days of fasting and prayer as we begin to re-enter uh, into uh, our live worship together. And uh, usually I'm not a morning person. I'm going to tell you that. And uh, always before we've had our morning prayer at six in the morning. And, and, and the problem with that is that God's up, but he hasn't had his coffee yet, you know? <laughs> joke, all right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we've, we're doing it at seven o'clock. There's full band and uh, it has been amazing, just absolutely amazing. And so I want to invite you Monday through Thursday uh, to join us. You can join us online. Uh, you can join us live in many of our campuses. Your campus pastor will tell you about that. Uh, but uh, Monday through Thursday at 7 o'clock for about 40 minutes, 45 minutes of uh, morning uh, prayer and worship and just an encouraging word. It's been so good. I'd encourage you uh, to be a part of it. How do you know that we could use some encouragement these days? You know, a lot of people are experiencing what's being called COVID burnout uh, during these times. So I, I read the other day, somebody uh, talked about it as almost like just a mist or a fog or uh, j j uh, uh, just kind of a film of discouragement, sometimes depression. Uh, sometimes they're giving it names. I know I read an article uh, in a magazine that said that uh, they surveyed 7,000 professionals and they said 73% professional workers in America are experiencing burnout right now. Top reasons cited are no surprise. There's no separation between work and home, especially with so many of us working from home. Uh, there's unmanageable workloads, and then there's worry over the future and, and job security. Uh, just this week in the NBA, uh, they're in their uh, championships or the playoffs, and they're in what's called a bubble. Uh, in Orlando where everybody has to kind of be there and can't come and go in order to avoid the COVID. And uh, one of the stars of the league, uh, Paul George, in the first three games for the Clippers, uh, just everybody was saying, where's he at? He's not scoring and, and it just doesn't seem to be himself. And uh, he had a breakout game where he scored 35 points and they had a press conference afterwards and he admitted that his epic shooting struggles in the previous three games and I'm reading here, were in part due to his experiencing anxiety and depression inside the isolation of the NBA bubble. He said this, he said, I underestimated mental health. And honestly, I had anxiety. 
and a little bit of depression, just being locked in here, and I just wasn't there. I checked out. Some of you can relate to that. You may not be an NBA uh, you know, athlete, but you feel like you just are, are checked out. In fact, it's not just work-related burnout. An article in Healthline.com uh, said, after several months of stay-at-home orders due to the COVID-19 pandemic, many households are begin to experience, or beginning to experience family burnout from spending so much time together. If that's you, don't raise your hand. That might not be good for the conversation right now. But the truth is, there's a lot of burnout. There's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of that going on. But it's not a brand new issue. In fact, burnout has been around for a long time. And I want to take a look at a biblical character today. We're in a series. We're talking about turnaround stories. And I want to, I want to talk about a biblical character that you just you, you wouldn't think would be a candidate for burnout or for losing his faith. His name's Elijah. He's a prophet in the Old Testament. You read all about him in the book of 1 Kings. But in his story, in 1 Kings 17.1, he caused rain to stop for more than three years. How would you like to have that ability? Uh, God actually used, uh, fed him by ravens, by birds for a season while he was on hideout. Uh, he saw at one point a limitless jar of flour and a jug of oil that fed him and the people that he was staying with for a long time. He witnessed a widow's son being resurrected from the dead as a result of his prayer. He beat the prophets of Baal by calling down fire from heaven, and a lot of you are very familiar with that story. And then he predicted an end to the drought, the three-year drought. He predicted that it would rain, and it began to rain immediately. And finally, he wins a 26-mile marathon running home through the rain and the mud. Well, it wasn't actually 26 miles. Let's look at it. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 46, it says, the power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab, who was the king, and uh, all the way to Jezreel. Uh, Jezreel was about 31 miles from where he won this great victory over the prophets of Baal. He called down rain. The rain came. Ahab is in a chariot. And, uh, and, and Elijah actually outruns him for 31 miles. How'd he do that? Did I mention rain? <laughs> the chariot bogged down in the rain more so than Elijah did in the running, but it was, a great, it was a great victory, great victory. And then he meets Queen Jezebel and all of the wheels fall off. You know, we can relate to that. I know I can. Uh, last year here at Seacoast, uh, we experienced the power of God in ways that I could never dream. Beginning of the year 19 or uh, 2019, uh, you know, just just incredible things happening, just incredible miracles, and uh, sometimes even hundreds of them at a time uh, when we gathered. And uh, then we began uh, the year 2020, and it was going to be great. <laughs> you know, we were excited about it, and it was. It started out. Just incredible, the, the attendance, but people coming here and coming to Christ, all-time highs, all-time records. And then we met COVID, and the wheels started to fall off. And uh, so that's why I think that we as a church and individually can learn from Elijah because he finds himself with a serious case of burnout. And I want to read the story a little bit, and then we'll make some application 
uh, for all of our lives. In First uh, Kings chapter nineteen and one verse one, it says, "Now Eli, er, now Ahab, who's the king, told Jezebel, who's the queen, everything that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword." And so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, I don't make your life like that of one of them. (laughs) Serious stuff. Listen, mama ain't happy. Mama Queen Jezebel's not happy. You've heard the saying, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. When daddy ain't happy, nobody cares. But when mama ain't happy, it's a big deal, and especially a big deal for Elijah. So the next verse says Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, and while him, uh, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush and sat under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. You know, some of you may be at that point today. You can relate to Elijah. You may be saying, you know what? I'm ready to check out. I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready to check out of my marriage. I'm ready to check out of my career. And some of you are probably even saying, and you might have said it this week, I'm ready to check out of my life. So what do you do when you hit a wall like that, when you hit burnout, what do you do when it doesn't look like there are any answers or any place to turn? When you say, you know what, I don't think I can handle another hour, another day of, of this kind of pain. What do you do? You know, you may not be there now, but you probably will be at some point. So I would encourage you to take good notes as we dive in. And here's some good news. James chapter five and verse 17, talking about Elijah, said, Elijah, was as human as we are. And because of that, we can learn a great deal about how you deal with burnout from Elijah. And so before we get into kind of prescriptive uh, from his life, let's just talk about some early signs of burnout. And I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not gonna try to go there. Just gonna try to, a, a, a couple of things that I've experienced, I've seen, uh, in people's lives and in my own life, is you start putting yourself down mentally. There's this tape in your mind that says over and over and over again, you know, I'm, I, I'm nobody. My life doesn't really matter. I'm insignificant. What I'm doing doesn't count. I have no value. You say a pastor of a church like Seacoast experiences those thoughts? Yeah, I do, from time to time. Uh, and, and when you do, it's kind of a signal that you're headed for burnout. In Elijah, uh, in First uh, Kings verses, uh, chapter 19 and verse 4, he says, for I am no better than my father's. I, he's thinking negative thoughts about himself. And you know what? That's easy to do these days, especially with social media. You start comparing your mundane life, especially when you're feeling burnout, especially when you're feeling some discouragement and maybe a little... Uh, depression, you, you start comparing your life to somebody else's highlight reel. And then you begin to blame yourself for things that aren't really your fault. Look what uh, Elijah does. He says, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. That's his job. He's a prophet. 
He said, the Israelites have rejected your covenant, have torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. With, with the sword. And here's what he's doing. Elijah is taking responsibility for other people's actions. He's blaming himself for the actions of his congregation. And I get that. You know, there, there have been times over the 32 years here, I'll preach my heart out, you know. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about being humble and kind, you know, from Ephesians chapter four and verse two and, and just, you know, just pour myself out on it. And some people just don't get it. In fact, somebody will, maybe they'll say to me, did, did you see so-and-so's Facebook page? It sure doesn't look humble and kind to me. And I go, no, no, I don't want to see their Facebook page. Because honestly, I'm not responsible for what you do when you walk out of this church. I hope you do well, but I can't change your response. In fact, I believe, and I've said several times over the years, that responsibility without authority leads to stress. When you take responsibility for somebody's life or you take responsibility for a situation, it might be at work, it might be in the home, and you don't have the authority to make the decisions and changes and all of that, then that leads to burnout is what that does. You do your best as a parent, but you're not responsible for their choices. So signs of burnout is, is you put yourself uh, down mentally, you blame yourself for things that aren't your fault, you start exaggerating your problems. We overemphasize what's wrong in our life and we underestimate God's blessings in our lives. Here's how Elijah did that. In verse 10, he says, I'm the only one left and they're, and they're all trying to kill me too. Well, you know, that's really not true, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But a few days earlier, he's had a major miracle. God has come down from heaven, and he's consumed his sacrifice after he put water on it, and the prophets of Baal are shown up to be following a false god, and he's had this major miracle, and now he's, just take me out, God. Just take me out. You know, positive things or negative things will wear you out emotionally. You know, sometimes you can, you can have a great victory, a great mountaintop. You may have just experienced one of those, and you feel down emotionally. It's normal. Or you may have had, you know, devastating things happen to you during this COVID time, and, and you feel drained, and so emotionally drained that you can't focus on reality. Elijah just wanted to give up. He just wanted to give up. So what can we learn from Elijah about recovering what from what I'm gonna call the COVID blues, okay? What can you learn? Here's the first thing. Don't listen to everything that you're tempted to believe when you're exhausted. Did you get that? Don't listen to everything that you're tempted to believe when you're exhausted. Have you ever been so worn out that you can't think straight? Elijah says, I'm the only one. Well, actually not. As you're going to find out in just a minute in this story, there were a whole lot more people than just Elijah who were sold out to God. He says, they're all trying to kill me. Well, not actually. There's just one, an important person. But everybody's not against him. See, when you over-exaggerate your problems like that, it's called emotional reasoning in the 
psychology realm, okay? Emotional reasoning, which means that you're listening to your feelings rather than the facts. I feel it, so it must be true. I know, I know there was a song, and I, I heard a redo the other day of a song that when I was a kid was on the radio, but it said, if it feels so good, if it feels so right, how can it be wrong? It's emotional reasoning. Well, I can tell you real quick how it can be wrong. It, it might feel good, but you might be uh, uh, covenantly uh, in relationship with somebody else, all right? It might feel good, but it, it, it may be damaging to somebody else's future and to your future. It's called emotional reasoning. Have you learned yet that emotions lie? Just because you feel something doesn't make it true, all right? So instead of listening to your feelings, sometimes you've got to listen to fact and fake your way into a feeling, okay? Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you feel it. I was reading a, a study uh, just this week about smiling, and I, I want to read a little bit of it to you. It was interesting. The question that it asked is, can a smile truly make everything better? You know, that's the thing about all the masks. You can't tell when somebody's smiling or not. I'm learning to read people's eyes better. But what it says is it says, can smiling make everything better? A new study finds even if you don't feel like smiling, faking one can have positive impacts. Researchers say smiling triggers certain facial muscles which can trick your brain into feeling more positive. Can you believe that? Study by the University of, of South Australia examines participants holding a pin between their teeth. Now, this is one of those uh, Seacoast church pins that some of you steal or used to. We don't give them out anymore. <laughs> this one's uh, well washed, all right? But what they would do is they would, they would uh, hold um, a pin between their teeth like this, forcing their face to make the same muscles as it takes to smile. I'm not going to do that for the whole time. But the experiment revealed that, that uh, the, 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 this movement alters both the facial and body expressions, which generates more uplifting emotions. And the, the doctor that conducted it said, when your muscles say you're happy, you're more likely to see the world around you in a positive uh, uh, way. And so there's some truth into, you know, faking your way into a feeling uh, before the facts, uh, or, or, or believing the facts and, and, and faking your way into the feeling before they're there. And some of you are COVID tired, and you're just not thinking straight. Some of you have had feelings like, I, I just don't feel like God is close to me. You know, and part, part of that, it, it, churches have been closed for months, and you know, we're online, but, but there's something about gathering and worshiping together. And that's why it's been so good doing it once a week. And we're going to do it in all of our services in a couple of weeks. But you can get a feeling that you're just not as close to God as you used to be, that God isn't as close to me. But you know what? That's not true. He's as close to you as he ever was. He is as close to you as when you were on a spiritual high, when you were work, worshiping together with thousands of people because God lives inside of you. And just because your feelings say, I don't feel close to God anymore, doesn't mean that God has gone anywhere. 
We talk about getting in touch with our feelings, and it's probably more important to get in touch with the truth because it's the truth that sets you free, not your feelings. Now, it might make you miserable for a little while. The truth does that. But it's going to set you free, all right? And Elijah's truth was that he wasn't the only one, and he wasn't alone. In fact, in uh, 1 Kings 19 and verse 18, it says, God says to him, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees haven't bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Now, God's saying, you think you're the only one and you're not. I'm gonna go into Greg here just a little bit. I, I don't know that you can substantiate this, but I wonder if some of those 7,000 weren't even as a result of Elijah's ministry, of Elijah's life. And he doesn't realize it. And God is saying to him, Elijah, not only are you not alone, but there's a whole bunch of people that you've impacted that you don't even know about. And I could say that about me, and I could say it about you. You're not alone. You're not alone. See, that, that was Elijah's truth. So the, the first thing that we can learn from Elijah about the COVID blues comeback is that don't listen to everything that you're tempted to believe when you're exhausted. Don't go by your feelings. Let's go by the facts in our faith. Here's the second thought. Take time to care for you, yourself physically and spiritually and emotionally during times like this. You know, Elijah wants to give up and die. And so what does God do? Does God chew him out? Does God say, Elijah, you get up. Elijah, you, 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 better, you better act like it, right? You, you better pull yourself up. No, no, that's not what he says to him. It's not what he says to him. Here's what he says. In 1 Kings chapter 19, it says, Elijah wants to give up and die. And then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him. I wonder what that felt like. I wonder what it feels like to have an angel as an alarm clock. <laughs> Rather than a buzz, an angel touched him. He woke up. And the angel said, get up and eat. And so he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals. So, so the first thing the angel does is says, Get up, I've made something for you. And it wasn't keto, okay? It, it, it wasn't like a, a little bowl of soup. It wasn't some lettuce that a rabbit would eat. <laughs> it, was, it was bread. It was, it, he was gonna carb up because he had, he had some, some work to do. And uh, did, did, did you know what the Hebrew word for bread is? It's cake. Yeah, an angel food cake. That's, that part's not true. But the angel did bake it for him. I wonder what it tasted like. And gave him a jar of water, and, and then he ate and drank, and guess what he did? He laid down again. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Take a nap. That's what he did. So the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much. And so he got up, and he ate and he drank. Elijah's burned out. God doesn't lecture him. God meets him right where he is. See, I've decided a long time ago that I'm in this as a pastor, as a leader, as a father, um, not as a, as a sprint, 
but as a marathon. We're in a marathon, not a sprint. In fact, in the church, it's a marathon relay. You do your 26 miles, and then you hand it to the next guy or girl, and, and they do theirs, and it goes on and on and on and on. You prepare differently for a marathon. This, there's always ministry to be done, but you've got to schedule rest. We encourage all of our team, you've got to, you've got to have a Sabbath day. You've got to take a day off. We check up on people when they're feeling burned out. Are you taking your Sabbath day? I do every week on Friday. What do, what do I do on a Friday? Whatever refreshes me. Sometimes it's just hanging out with Debbie, and we love just drive around and hang out and walk through stores where we don't buy stuff. You know, and we don't need, need anything that particular day, but it's just, it's just a habit of ours. Or maybe I'll go play golf or fish or take pictures. Whatever it is, find out what rests you and doing it. Sometimes you got to get out of town. I love Charleston. I love Seacoast Church. But when I see Somerville in the rearview mirror, <laughs> I just kind of relax, you know? Sometimes you got to do that. It's been very, very hard with COVID because it's everywhere. Sometimes you just need to talk to somebody. Fills your emotional tank. Sometimes it's a friend. I had a friend call me the other day and said, I just... I just got to talk to somebody. He's an extrovert and he's kind of, he hadn't been feeling well. And so he's been in his house. And sometimes you just need to talk to somebody. And maybe it's a friend or maybe it's your small group uh, together. Or sometimes it's a counselor. I know during this COVID thing, there was a, 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 a season, a week that I really felt discouraged. And I called my counselor and I said, Can you talk to me? Sure, absolutely. Let's do Zoom. And so, and so we talked. Or maybe, it's a doctor that this has been such a consuming thing that you need some help. Just, just, just take care of yourself. If you're going to make a COVID comeback, don't listen to everything that you're tempted to believe when you're exhausted or, uh, uh, or using emotional reasoning. Uh, take the time to care for yourself physically and emotionally. Let me, let me give you one more thing from Elijah, and that's this. Get a fresh awareness of God's power and his presence in your life. See, Elijah finished eating, and let's read the story. It says, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Oreb and the mountain of God. No wonder he needed to carve up. That's a long ways. But where did he go? He went to the mountain of God because that's where the answer is. In fact, I preached a few weeks ago on a first Wednesday here about one of the Psalms of Ascent in Psalm 121 and verses one through four, three times a year, the Israelites would, uh, would gather in Jerusalem and Jerusalem is up on a hill and, and they walk on paths together up this hill and, and they would sing a song that had these words, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He's able. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And so while you're tired, it's okay to rest. God doesn't get tired. God is at work all of the time. In fact, he's at work on the solutions before you even knew that there was a problem. COVID didn't surprise him. This isn't a surprise to God. And God is at work right now on a preferable future for each of us. And so, and so 
Elijah gets to the mountain of the Lord and then watch what God does. You think 4th of July is amazing. You probably didn't see fireworks this year. I, I was able to. I was in a town where they actually did fireworks. But watch this. It said, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Why the, why the fire? Why the mountain? Why, the, the, the earthquake? Why the wind? I mean, God could have done it without all of that. Why did he do it? Because I think he was reminding Elijah of his power. God's saying, I'm in control. I'm sovereign. You think things are bad, but my power is far greater than anything that you're going to face. And I am in control. See, at the root of a lot of burnout is trying to play God. God never meant for you to be the manager of your life. He wants to be the manager of your life. And he's saying, let me be God. Quit trying to be God yourself because it gets pretty tiring being God unless you're me. And I'm speaking for God, I'm not speaking for Greg. But when I feel like I'm on the edge of a burnout, I need to go to the mountain. That's why your spiritual disciplines are so important right now. You need to read God's word. You need to take time just to sit in God's presence. You know, I did that this week. Felt like I, I just needed to have an extended time alone with God. And when I go there, I try to focus on God's power and not my problems. I focus on God's grace and not my failures because the enemy of my soul will continually feed that, that soundtrack that is in your mind that says you're not good enough, that you're not wise enough, that you're just not capable. And God doesn't do that. God focuses on his grace and not my failures. And I focus on God's unconditional love for me and not on my critics. And, and here's what Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29 says. It says, he who gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. See, that's a word for you today. Burnout is only permanent if you allow it to be. Because with Elijah, after God gave him sleep and, and he had a little something to eat, and then he came to the mountain of the Lord, God gave Elijah a new assignment. Elijah thought he was finished. But God says, no, 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 no. I've got more for you. And look at the, the next verse, verse 15. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint 
Haziel, king over Aram, and also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. Now, why did he do that? Elijah had come to God and said, I'm the only one. God said, no, there's 7,000 others. But now he says, I've got a new task for you, and it's not to be done alone. Part of your problem is that you've been trying to do what I want you to do by yourself. I've got a couple of guys here that are gonna, that they're, they're, they're gonna help you. They're gonna be partners in what I've called you to do. And then there's one more. He says, and anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat from Abel, uh, yeah, you can read it, to succeed you as a prophet. He said, I've got your successor and I want you to train him because I've got great things that I want to do through him, and they're going to come because you invest yourself in somebody else. He wanted Elijah to realize that God wasn't through with him. And God brought some of you uh, here to to watch and, and into this building and also to watch online today so he could say to you that in spite of your discouragement, in spite of maybe some depression, in spite of the problems that you're facing, in spite of some of the hurt in relationships that are happening, in spite of the COVID burnout. I'm not through with you. In fact, I'm just beginning. It's not over. That's the name of our series. It's not over. Not for you, not for this church, and not for our country. It's not over. Some of us feel like Elijah. There you know, are, are many days when you just want to pull up the covers and say, I don't even want to get out of bed today. I want to go to sleep and not wake up. Or some of you feel like the the pile of to-dos and stuff is so high that you're never going to get to the top of it. You may feel emotionally or physically exhausted and tired, and in a crowd as large as this is, watching and in this place, there are some of you that maybe even this week have considered checking out and taking your own life. I want to say to you, there's hope. There is hope. Don't give up. God cares. Jesus cares. I care. This church cares. Let's learn from Elijah. Don't listen to everything that you're tempted to believe when you're exhausted. Take some time to take care of yourself physically and spiritually and emotionally. Get a fresh awareness of God's power and his presence in your life. And when the timing is right, let's get back in the game because God has more for you. Remember that your current circumstances aren't the end of God's story for you. I want to leave you with one last scripture. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. It's my life verse. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you today for each person that is watching or listening as we gather uh, today to listen to your word. God, you know ahead of time, this COVID's not a surprise. Our emotions are not a surprise to you. Nothing about our circumstances are a surprise to you. And you are the God of the mountain, the God in whom our help comes from. You are the God, the maker of the heavens and the earth, which means nothing is too big for you.
and nothing is impossible for you. God, I pray that uh, as we pray right now, that there would come a, a sense of relaxing in you, a sense of peace that passes understanding. And in, in, in other words, it doesn't make sense in light of circumstances. That that divine exchange of our problems for your peace would begin even now as I'm praying. And God, we would look to you, not to our feelings, not to our circumstances, but look to you in this season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I wanna take some time and have you take some time just to respond to God. You know, there are a lot of ways that you can do that. You know, one way is, you know, if you're by yourself somewhere, just, just take some time to, to sit and kind of review what we've talked about today and say, God, just really soak this in to my spirit. Maybe you want to go outside, take a walk or sit in a chair and just reflect on how powerful God is and how good God is. Uh, or, or maybe you're set up for some communion and you want to take a piece of bread and dip it in some juice and say, God, I'm re-upping. Uh, as a part of your family and your kin. Thank you for making me a part of your family and I celebrate that today. Maybe some of you want to light a candle uh, that says, uh, you know what, God, show me the next assignment. God, there, there are some people that you want me to pour my life in. Would you, would you reveal that to me? Maybe now or maybe even just, uh, just serendipitously. Is that a word? I think it is. This week as I run into people and, and uh, I, I accept your assignment to you and uh, just celebrate God, all right? So um, what's God saying to you and uh, how can we respond to him? Let's respond together.